1: hello hello everyone and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura I am Raphael and I'm Michael the purpose for our show is to awaken souls develop intuition and fulfill purpose well that rumbling sound you heard right as we opened was a airplane going by very low over our, our location. roof <laughs> our, yeah well, if you're tuning in for the first time to our show, the overall theme for this current 13-episode season has been Turning Within, Forms of Inner Guidance, Important Information. In last week's episode, we explored meditation as a way of communicating with your inner self and getting to know yourself more as the spirit that you are. Today, we're going to talk about what inner and outer meditation tools are. What might be a few examples of such tools that we have available to use for our meditation and how we can make sense and make use of these tools to help us in turning our awareness inward to know ourselves more. Even though meditation is a kind of psychic tool itself to help you turn your awareness inward to access and experience more of your inner spirit self, to help you in your practice of meditating, there are both a variety of outer and inner tools you can use. By outer tools, we mean practices and ways in the outer world around us that we can use to help us deepen our awareness and communication with our inner beingness. By inner tools, we're talking about the more psychic and non-material practices and ways that might help us experience our inner spirit more. If the practice of meditation is a sem- essentially that of learning to communicate more deeply with your inner spirit self and get to know your true self more, what kinds of inner and outer tools would help to do that? In the outer world, for example, if you wanted a good outer tool to communicate with others, you might get a smartphone. Such an outer tool would help you to communicate more often, more effectively, and more immediately via voice, text, and video. Is there such a tool to help you meditate and communicate with your inner self? What are some of the essential conditions that would help you meditate more effectively? First, quieting and calming your mind would be necessary. Centering your awareness would be quite helpful as well. Being grounded and more present here and now will also help in meditating. Over the course of thousands of years, people have sought such tools that could help them accomplish those needed conditions for meditating. It's quite common to hear of the initial instruction for many kinds of meditating practices that say for you to find a suitable, quiet, and peaceful place to meditate, where you wouldn't easily become distracted or interrupted by others during your practice. So to many people, having a quiet and tranquil place to meditate in peace is an important outer tool for meditation. It could be just finding a place in nature to meditate regularly. It could be your back deck if you live more in the country or in the more private and quiet room in your house if you live in the noisier city. Of course, if you live in a crowded apartment or on a busy and noisy street in the city, you might find that it's easier for you to meditate in peace somewhere else. Some people may, have, may even build a special room in their house that is soundproofed or otherwise set up to provide for a more tranquil environment. To cater to a variety of meditators and their meditation needs, there have even been specialized equipment and technology to reduce outside distractions. On the extreme of that would be the century deprivation or isolation tank devised in 1954 by John C. Lilly, a medical doctor and neuroscientist, neuroscientist, and a pioneer in the field of consciousness. Today, there have been great advances in the design and use of such century deprivation flotation tanks in which the meditator can float in total darkness in a completely soundproofed tank of skin temperature water with dissolved Epsom salt to maintain the specific gravity of the water to 1.275 to allow that person to float effortlessly at the surface of the water, the idea for the tank is to eliminate as much of the external sensations as possible.
2: Mmm, I'm just floating. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about it. Huh? Yeah, uh, what were we doing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Well, I've had I haven't had the opportunity to float in a total sensory deprivation isolation tank yet, but. When I was 20, about, yeah, 20 years old, I participated in a two-week-long mysticism intensive, and during that second week, part of the course was to create as much of an external sensory-free environment as possible, like about a small, you know, five-foot-by-five-foot space with complete blackout of light and soundproofing to not be able to hear the outside world. The inside walls, floor floors and ceiling of this space was completely covered with white sheets so you would not see anything even if you know uh, a little bit of light came in or something and well if you touched it and stuff you wouldn't be able to feel too much of a difference between one surface and another there are no real observable differences uh, in this room I fabricated for myself. Essentially, I was in a pitch black room with periodic direct access to the toilet and sink and were also uh, dimmed out to reduce sensory perception. I was allowed to have a bowl of um, dried nuts and fruits in the corner of my space, in in this five-by-five kind of a space, for minimal consumption over a three-day isolation period. And then a friend was assigned who would knock on my door to let me know that my 72-hour isolation period was complete. It was quite an experience.
1: Sounds like it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you first start, it's like, ah, oh, this is nice. You know, it's quiet, and you're just by yourself. Nobody's bothering you. ta But after a certain amount of time in complete darkness and not much sensory input at all— my sense of time pretty much went away. I had no idea after a while if 10 minutes passed or an hour passed or what. Also, after a while, everything that you normally would experience as going on inside your own mind became projected as if it was happening all around you as the world you live in, very much like what happens when you're dreaming. It certainly helped bring about a very profound meditation experience and, you know, you go through all these thoughts and things just pop out of nowhere. If you think, if you're like running a marathon and and you go, gee, how how many more miles? (laughs) How much more time do I have to keep on running? I don't know if I can keep doing this. Well, those kinds of thoughts definitely come on after a while. Uh, And again, I can't tell you whether they start coming on at, you know, uh, 30 hours or 40 or whatever. Or one. (laughs) Or one (laughs) in the first 10 minutes. (laughs) Uh, But uh, because I had no clocks, nothing to see, nothing to compare with. That's the, there's no relativity or very little relativity. Reference points. So, Such an outer tool to aid us in our meditation can be very productive at certain times in our lives and in our meditation practices. Yet it's important to know that meditation is going within and doesn't require outside tools. Even such a useful outer tool uh, is to be used like training wheels when you're just learning to ride a bicycle. It helps you to have the experience of what it's like to balance yourself and ride the bike, but you have to take them off once you get the gist of doing it on your own. Same with these outer tools for meditation. You can't use them so much and become dependent on them. Oh, I can't meditate unless I'm in complete darkness. Oh, I can't meditate unless everybody you know, quiets down and everybody turns off their cell phones. And then, you know, I can't meditate if if the somebody's phone goes off. Well, the training I had in meditation from my teacher was, uh, he said, it's absolutely no good if you can't meditate in the middle of a battlefield. You can't, if you can't meditate in rush hour traffic, if you can't meditate... Uh, you know, bombs bursting in <laughs> <laughs> there. And he actually uh, uh, backed that up. In the process of when I was meditating, uh, he'd bring in, you know, a folding metal chair and throw it across the room. And, and if I even flinched a bit, he'd say, oh, you weren't grounded enough. Get back in your meditation. <laughs> so I had a very fun training on that level one and, and learn to be able to meditate in whatever condition i was in and that has been indispensable because that way you could just quiet your mind calm yourself center your awareness ground yourself whatever in the middle of a crisis in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of you know riots, whatever is going on, you got to be able to find your own space to be that immortal, infinite, timeless spirit that you are. Well, using the outer tool of closing off as much of the external sensory stimulation and distractions of the world was quite helpful to have that experience. But eventually, I learned to be able to turn off the sensory input without the use of external tools. So again, it's like using it for the uh, you know isolation chamber or isolation room, sensory deprivation, using it as an external tool, just like the training wheels. And then when you get the experience and you go, oh yeah, so that's the experience when you really turn down the sensory input of the five senses of in the body. And when you can experience that, then you know what you're, You have something experienced to uh, compare with, so to speak. So when you're doing it on your own without that, and when you're in the middle of chaos outside or, or, you know, loud noises and a lot of activities and people screaming and whatever, oh, hey, I can turn that down. Maybe it doesn't go all the way off, but uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. I can meditate in the middle of all of that. So that's where the inner tools for meditation becomes important uh, is when you use it as training uh, wheels. All the inner tools for helping you meditate are to be found already within your own soul and spirit and can be experienced in your mind. So your inner meditation tools are psychic tools that you can use in your mind to access more of yourself as spirit. For example, one such simple tool is the psychic tool we've taught many times on our show called grounding. When you practice grounding your body from your first chakra energy center to the center of the earth, you help your meditation practice in so many ways. One important advantage of grounding is that it helps to quiet your mind more because the grounding Is helping you more easily release any energies you've taken on into your space from others that you can't do anything about. You might not find that you eliminate all the chatter and noise in your head just by grounding, but you will experience definitely more of a calming and quieting quite a bit. Another inner tool that helps you quiet your mind is to be able to be aware in the center of your head. Since awareness is intrinsic to who you are as spirit, wherever you are is where you are aware. If you're not here, you're not aware here. (laughs) You're not aware of anything here. When you choose to be aware in the center of your head, you introduce the awareness, which is quiet, still, calm into that portion of your mind that needs to quiet down the most. The center of your head is forever still, quiet, unchanging. The more you practice being in that center, the more the quiet stillness expands throughout your mind. Other auto tools for meditation practice can include say Tibetan singing bowls that resonate at certain tones or Buddhist meditation bells that ring clearly at a certain frequency that helps to center your awareness or bring your awareness back from if you got spaced out. For some people, burning a certain kind of incense may help to calm their mind. Many cultures around the world have used the burning of fragrant herbs for a variety of purposes, including meditation. The sense of smell is one of the most powerful senses that affect our consciousness. And now, there's a lot of fragrances, essential oils that you don't have to burn. And it might do the same thing for people who can't handle the smokiness. Use the body in some way is also an outer tool. Making specific tones with your voice, such as in toning and chanting certain syllables of sounds, is a powerful meditation tool as well.
1: And there's many, many other types of meditation tools and actually psychic tools that we use ultimately for meditation because... Um, Even the very, very outer ones, such as feng shui, that's the art of placement of your furniture and things in your house, reading of tea leaves, uh, tarot, astrology, crystal balls, and the singing bowls. I love those singing bowls. They can be such a healing. These are all used (laughs) to help us to find our center. Well, we're coming up upon our first break. Um, So we'll talk more about this, of course, after the break. But we wanted to remind you that this coming Saturday, August 22nd, 2020, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we're offering a great teleclass to help you through these challenging times titled Your Intuitive Knowingness, Be Still and Know. I do that. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) You'll learn simple but powerful psychic tools to help you expand your innate soul ability to simply be still and know what you need to know intuitively. With all the fake news and conflicting information in the world, it's important now more than ever to turn your awareness inward and to know your own truth. For details and to sign up, go online to michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 speak with our wonderful assistant Noelle during normal business hours pacific time Monday to Friday and she will help you out we'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll continue with inner and outer meditation tools we'll be right back
2: Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter.
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to living the miracle michael and raphael would love to hear from you reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to living the miracle radio at gmail.com now back to living
1: the miracle Well, it's great to have you back. Let's continue with our exploration of inner and outer meditation tools. Well, we were talking a little bit about outer meditation tools, and what I like about outer meditation tools is that they eventually bring you back to your inner exploration. Let's use, for example, feng shui. It's one of my favorite things I've learned about in this lifetime. I I think it was new for me this lifetime. And feng shui has many forms, but my favorite form is that of uh, the geomancy style, where the person comes in, gets your birth date, and, and then looks at your house and what direction it's facing, and, and um, this person also, the feng shui master, knows how the earth energy flows. It has 20 years, it has all these cycles. So uh, a room might be really good one year and maybe not so good the next year, and I have found that this actually works. And how is it we have been normally uh, practicing feng shui without even knowing what it is? Um, We all do this from time to time. You come home one day and you're just so tired of looking at your living room or your bedroom or some room in your house that doesn't look so great. And you get to work cleaning it up, clearing the clutter, and then uh, moving the furniture around a little bit. And ultimately, moving the furniture around uh, on on the higher levels of working toward your ascension doesn't make any difference whatsoever. But when you're working your way there, changing the energy makes all the difference in the world. So when you clean up the clutter, you move your couch from here to there, it looks better, it feels better, there's a, a better chance of you being able to be more peaceful in that room. So once that outer tool is used, such, such as feng shui, um, then you can sit in your living room and it's quieter and the energy has been cleaned out. And, you know, you can even use meditation tools to clean the energy out further. And eventually, even those who meditate using a lot of the meditation tools, such as what we teach, you know, grounding, running energy, blowing a rose, blowing a picture, um, being able to release all the mental image pictures, Once the energy is very, very cleared from that running energy time, then it's time to just be quiet and be. And this is where the real fun starts in being able to know yourself much better.
2: Yes. And again, remember, everything is energy. Your thoughts are energy. The chair you're sitting on is energy. My voice that you hear is energy whatever you feel, whatever you think, any kind of experience, whatever you see, it's all energy. It's just different kinds of energy, different levels of energy, different frequencies, different configurations of energy, whatever. It's just energy. Which means, just like Raphael was saying in the in the process of rearranging the furniture, cleaning the house, whatever it is, oh, the energy changes. So whether you change the energy by physically scrubbing the floors and you know, polishing the windows and whatever, well, guess what? The whole energy changes, doesn't it? Your experience of that place, that space changes. The flow of energy in the place changes. And that's, that's part of what uh, this very sophisticated art and science of feng shui is, is about is, oh, yeah, if you work with the existing flow of energy of nature of this planet, that's the geomancy uh, part. And then, if you work, you know, if you're unconscious of how that energy is flowing in a particular place, you might put certain things that become make that energy flow stagnant. That you you might change certain configurations of of uh, structures that. Oh, it it doesn't work with, it's not in harmony with how the energy is flowing there. Things like that. Or your energy. It's not in flow in, in flow with your energy. So if you shift things around either physically or mentally, energetically, it's it makes a difference. So that's that's just everything's energy. But also everything is consciousness. And that's why the inner meditation tools, tools, psychic tools, and inner tools that work for you to go deeper, to become more aware, to get to know yourself more, works. And the outer tools work as well, because they're both energetic. They're both consciousness. So... How about tools like Raphael mentioned? Some tools like a tarot card. You know, people like to use tarot cards now. Maybe some people like angel cards, and there's all kinds of oracle cards. And everybody has a card, <laughs> reading tea leaves <laughs> <laughs> or reading tea leaves, like uh, you know. Now. They used to have card sharks in in casinos and stuff. Now we have psychic card sharks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, tea leaves. He's joking. How's that work? You know, you you get a cup of tea, and you know the little tea leaves, little pieces of tea leaves, are at the bottom. And then you, after you drink the water and everything, you just dump it upside down, and then you bring it back up, and a tea leaf reader looks at the constellation of the tea leaves and. All of a sudden, they're telling you about some innermost aspects of your life that who, who could have known that? Astrology, another thing. We're going to have, over this course of the various episodes, we'll have a couple of really good astrologers uh, on our show as well. In fact, soon we're going to be having those astrologers that we're going to interview. So we'll go into that aspect much more deeply when we have them on the show. And so, tarot cards, astrology, crystal balls. Oh, crystal balls. I, I like crystal balls. How does that work? In Normally, you might associate uh, the use of a crystal ball by a, a gypsy madam so-and-so who's going to read your future. And it's more on a, a psychic reading type of a level. But... Like I mentioned, I think it was in last week's episode on meditation. What's really the difference between if I gave you a clairvoyant reading and if I meditated on you, so to speak? Meditated on, oh, who is this person? And then spoke out loud what I knew, what I experienced when I meditated on who you are. Same difference. Or with myself. What's the difference between going within and meditating on myself, so to speak, and starting to get to know more and more of who I really am as the spirit that I am? Or if I meditated on you, who you are. It's just the same thing. And so then a crystal ball gazer, that works because the... Configuration, the geometrical configuration uh, of the crystal that makes the crystal ball is nearly identical to the geometrical configuration of the psychic screen that when you close your eyes and you use your third eye and you turn within and you start to, quote, look clairvoyantly you're seeing what you see, the mental image of a rose, mental image of who you're remembering, whatever, mental image of the breakfast you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sooner or later, if you get to the mental image of what you really like, oh, you'll, you'll see it really clearly. <laughs> that dark chocolate, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where are you seeing that mentally inside? Oh. Oh, there's a screen in front of your forehead. It's a psychic screen, so you can't, you know, pick it up and and tinker with it with your physical hands. But mentally, that's where you see it. It's reflected, projected on that mental screen. That screen, if you look clairvoyantly, has pretty much the identical geometrical configuration structure. If you look at uh, a crystal under a microscope, you start to, you know, certain kinds of microscope, you start to see the more molecular structure of the material. And it's very similar. Oh, except in the crystal ball, it's, it's manifested on this three-dimensional physical so-called world. Whereas in this psychic screen, it's in a higher dimension, so it's not physicalized the same way as the crystal ball. But it works the same way. So whether you see it in your mind's eye on that screen that's similar to the crystal, or you look into the crystal ball and see it projected there, you get the same thing. So that's that's a, I love that example of the outer tool and the inner tool being, Basically, the same. Some of us prefer it to be on the outside. It's a little bit more real. It's, yep, it's like physical. It's, here's the crystal ball. That's what I'm looking at. Others might use the crystal, prefer to use the crystal ball because if you're looking at the crystal ball and the person, you know, especially in a situation for readings as opposed to personal meditation, the client, the person that the reader is reading, is, oh, you're seeing it in the crystal ball, so there are tensions on the crystal ball instead of on you. <laughs> Makes it so much easier for those of us who are quite sensitive psychically to whether to have the attention, psychic attention of somebody else on you directly or into some object, like a tarot card. Same thing. You put it out here on the table and everybody's attention's on the tarot card on the table you're a little bit more home free. (laughs) Uh, And so, so then, and people tend to think that, oh, you got the information from the tarot card. So, Hey, if you don't like it, blame the tarot card. <laughs> oh, my crystal, uh, I'm having a, uh, what do you call it? Equipment failure with my crystal ball. <laughs> Just kidding. So, <laughs> so there's uh, various you know, advantages, but, but it's all consciousness. So what's on the inside is on the outside. Just the same way we dream. You know, when we sleep at night and we're dreaming... What what do dream analysts say? Oh yeah, okay, it's the subconscious, it's it's something that during the waking moments of the day we forget about or we bury it, you know, we don't want to think about it, we don't want to be aware of it. But when we're asleep, those restrictions, those conscious you know, restrictions we place on ourselves and our mind are temporarily taken away. And then, ah, so the stuff that we were you know, really wanting, but we wouldn't admit to ourselves we want it, starts to show up in our dreams. Or the things we really don't want to deal with, we're afraid to deal with and no, 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 I, I, na, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and and we could fall asleep. And if we got deep enough and relaxed enough sleep, oh, the lid, we, the cover we put on it, Gets taken off, and all of a sudden we're dreaming about the very thing we're afraid of, we don't want to deal with, whatever. And then if we remember those dreams, we wake up in the morning and we're, you know, paying attention, instead of just saying, "Oh, that was a stupid dream," and you know, I don't, I don't know what that was about. No, you go. Wait a minute. You know, that's what I've been really religiously trying to avoid. And and yeah, I know I'm scared of that, and I just don't I've been want, deliberately trying to avoid seeing that person or talking to that person or whatever. Maybe it's time I have to do something about it, especially if it becomes a recurring dream. Of okay, here it, it is. It
1: gets bigger and <laughs> bigger. It gets
2: bigger and bigger, and now that person is turning into Godzilla in my dream. <laughs> it's going to be eat me. <laughs> you're being chased by a monster. Yeah. So so those are those are you know definite examples of. How this inner and outer tools that come about throughout history and, and every day, you know, people make up their own tools, perfectly fine, whatever works. Don't let somebody invalidate you that if you in your innocence and in simplicity of just deciding, I, I really would like to know more of myself. I'd really like to have an answer to this question. And you're you're right there. And you go, you know what, I think I'm going to doodle for a while. And all of a sudden, you're doodling. And you're looking at the doodle, and the doodle's just a doodle. You're not a great artist or anything like that. And it's not a masterpiece. You're just doodling. And next thing, boink, the answer's there. Or you go washing dishes. And and, you know, it's lots of dishes, and you get into the routine, and you're just going, da 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 da, da. and next it, but you have in your mind a certain question, a certain problem you're trying to solve, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, right between washing the dishes and drying them. <laughs> the answer comes. Yes. You pick up the fork, and you go... Eureka! But you have to be careful if you get so enthusiastic, you might, you know, jab somebody. (laughs) So it's uh, whatever works. I remember watching my teacher, Louis, a lot of times he'd be just, it looks like at first he gets his deck of cards and he starts playing solitaire by himself. He's in the corner playing solitaire and and then he might be at first talking to me about some stuff, and and he's playing solitaire, and all of a sudden, I can tell the energy shifts. Oh, he's in meditation now. He's still playing solitaire and putting the right cards in the right places, but he got into meditation. And then after a while, he gets all the cards and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. He came up with a solution, or he saw the vision of what needed to be. Done.
1: It's almost like that particular tool kept the ego busy busy Busy. so that his uh, inner spirit could really do the work. Our second break is upon us already. So if you haven't read Michael's award-winning book, You Are the Answer. It offers many insights and tools that are absolutely needed at this time in the world. And it's available from Amazon as well as through our office. If you already have a copy for yourself, gift someone who might benefit from it. Also, you can call our office to purchase any of our edited and mastered teleclasses, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats as MP3 downloads to inspire you and to give you simple but powerful tools you can apply in your daily life and to help you manage its various challenges. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the download audio tab in the events menu section of our website michaeltamora.com or by calling our office at 530 926 2650 when we return we'll continue our exploration of inner and outer meditation tools see you in a couple of minutes
0: Us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
2: Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com, and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter.
0: are listening to living the miracle michael and raphael would love to hear from you reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to living the miracle radio at gmail.com now back to living the miracle
1: Welcome back. We're discussing the ins and outs, if you will, of inner and outer meditation tools available to us to use to help us with our meditation practices. And, you know, for those of you that are kind of allergic to meditation, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you say My, there's too much mind chatter and everything, these outer tools are a really good way to segue into real meditation. But even as a longtime meditator myself, I still find some of these outer tools um, are very helpful, especially when I'm at that place of, I, I'm today is a busy day and I don't have time to meditate. And that's a really bad excuse for a regular meditator. But if I find opportunities to meditate here and there throughout the course of the day, it's really wonderful, such as uh, the time it takes to you know, do the routine, the morning routine, the shower, blow-drying the hair and everything, that takes time. And I, I remember there were used to be times when I used to think I'd rather be meditating than having to do this and almost thinking about cutting my hair really short like a man so I wouldn't have to do that, <laughs> work on my hair. But what I found instead was as I made myself more and more present in every task I did, even the act of blow drying my hair, which takes about 15 minutes, um, I realized the white noise just knocks everything else out. I can't hear anything, even if Michael's standing next to me. I can't hear it because the the blow dryer is right next to my ears, and and I'm looking in the mirror to make sure I'm not, you know, burning my hair off or whatever, and. As I started to appreciate that little bit of 15-minute isolation, I realized I could open up psychically mm. while I was doing that. And it became and still is a tradition of mine to speak with my guides during that time in the morning, when, uh, especially on a busy day when, when I know I'm not going to be able to sit down and do a lot of uh, the
2: meditation, the inner meditation. And that's why they say, only your hairdresser knows for sure. (laughs)
1: Yes, indeed. And gosh, with this pandemic, I haven't been able to cut my hair, so it's much longer. It takes a little longer and everything. Well, Michael's been cutting my hair a little bit. It's still getting too long and takes too long. But it's a really nice time. And I really feel refreshed when I'm able to just let myself open up and let that white noise of the blow dryer just knock all the other attention
2: off. And you set your energy for the day because it's pretty much first thing in the morning. That's right. Exactly. On the flip side of that, uh, last Thanksgiving,
1: we went to dinner in uh, Sherman Oaks with some very good friends of ours, Jerry and Rochelle, and a bunch of other people that were there. And one of the other guests, another very good friend of ours, Mark, decided to offer the group uh, a sound bath with singing bowls. Yes. And this is a whole different use of sound. Now, this group of people, there were about eight or ten of us. It was a very loving group. We were all very connected and, and feeling very grateful and thankful. After all, it was Thanksgiving. And this was almost like the highlight of that whole day. We all sat around or laid on the floor. And, and this guy went started the sound bath with just a, doing the Tibetan singing bowl in this various bowls that he had, and then he would come around in front of each person. And it was like getting an aura cleansing with a physical energy, because sound is a physical energy. But it definitely af- affected um, my chakras and my aura and my attitude, <laughs> everything. It was one of the best healings that I, I've had in a long time, and it was so simple and so lovingly given. I'll never forget it. And yet that sound was so much more nice than the, let's say, the sound of the blow dryer. And I still had the same result. I was able to open up to spirit, relax, feel the peace in my heart, and really put out the gratitude that I had for that day, which is in the right direction toward being able to meditate and really be comfortable with being in your inner self
2: yeah and I've had that experience in other situations with uh, singing bowls uh, and um, <laughs> I even I even put uh, I was at a friend's house who who've been... They've been to uh, Tibet and Nepal and Bhutan and uh, various places up there and always bring back all these artifacts and amazing, uh, uh, basically amazing uh, outer uh, meditation tools of all kinds. And so he had a couple of these singing bowl type of brass bowls, but they are big. And um, so it's right next to the bed that I was – Uh, gonna sleep in and so at night and he showed me how to use it it's a certain kind it's not the kind you you go round 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 to make that humming toning sound it's it's a one that you tap and a certain way and it's amazing sound so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I put it on my head. <laughs> I wore the bowl on top, you know, in so my head is partially inside the bowl. And I lightly tap on the outside. Wow, it was amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you looked ridiculous. I probably looked ridiculous, <laughs> but it was,
2: it was quite a fun ex- experience. But also, I had a long time ago, many years ago, I had a student who really got into gongs. And, Ooh, and yes. she studied gong, gonging. Uh, I, is that what it's called, gonging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have
1: to ask our friend
2: Andrew. Yeah. And, and uh, another really good friend of ours is in Nebraska. And he, he got a, a message in, in meditation saying, no, you got to go to Nebraska and start a gong store, <laughs> a gong business. Can you imagine? He was a, he was a Hollywood screenwriter in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, that's what he gets. And this is the nature of meditation, right? He's in meditation, he's a very capable psychic, clairvoyant, and um, he gets this clear message in meditation in answer to the question he put out there of, hey God, you know, I'm really having a struggle of where to go, what to do. And I need to take a next step, and he gets clear as day. A gong, and go, go, start a gong business in Nebraska, and take your family with you. <laughs> now that takes a lot of courage, that takes a lot of commitment and trust. Of okay, he discusses it with his wife and says, okay, great. They both. Head on out to Nebraska, he starts this gong business, and it's now world famous. It's it's amazing. He, he's been written up in, was the front page article a few years back uh, on the Wall Street Journal. I think it was on New Year's Day. Too. On New Year's We're Day. We're going to
1: have to interview yeah, Andrew. We'll, we'll yeah. have
2: to bring him on uh, to interview him, and, and he can give us the whole lowdown on gongs. But... This other student, way many, many years ago, uh, introduced me to gongs. And so I was at her house, and she says, I I would like to give you a gong uh, concert healing. And I said, great. I'm all in. So I'm sitting in this like a lazy boy chair, you know, very comfy place, feet kicked up and everything. Okay. So she starts rolling in these gongs that are anything from like six inches diameter to one that looked like it weighed a ton. And it was about, I don't know, eight feet in diameter, maybe 10, huge, hanging from these major structures with wheels, everything. And so as she keeps on bringing this into the living room, it fills up, it's a big, big room fills up the front of it with all these gongs of all these different sizes and different places. And then she goes and meditates for a little bit. And then, okay, she starts. And she goes, It's just it was truly a gong concert. It was magnificent. And I'm just sitting there. It's a little bit like um, uh, a very serene form of, you know, that Memorex uh Commercial where the guy's on the couch, and when the Memorex uh, thing goes on and his hair's flying back, (laughs) he's holding on for dear life, and it asks the question, Is it real or Memorex? Well, this was like that commercial. I'm like, Whoa! My hair wasn't blowing back from the intensity. It's just this power of the sound. And just like the sound bath we had on a whole different level with the Tibetan bowls and everything. And with our friend, that was one of the experiences I had. Amazing. It just clears it all out. The other thing, speaking of sound, the first experience I had with the dolphins in open water in the ocean, went out in there and I got surrounded by 12 dolphins and they just started circling. This was out in the wild. It's in the wild in Hawaii. And, um, uh, uh They wove this geometrical pattern around me energetically. Meanwhile, they're clicking and, you know, uh, doing their echolocation and their sonar and everything. And I'm just, it's a sound, ultrasound bath, right? And so that was an enormous healing as well. So sound, uh, visual, uh, looking at, there's many different uh, meditation techniques where you have your eyes half open and you're staring at a little black dot on the on the wall on the white you know wall or something and that's just to keep your attention on one thing and then all these other stuff all the thoughts and images and feelings and everything starts to pour out of your mind that's normally been hidden that's one of the first aspects of Meditation and why Ravya was talking about the uh, some people are allergic to meditation. <laughs> it's because the, there's so much energy and in the form of thoughts and feelings that starts to emerge when you're going into meditation. And the deeper you go, well, it, you have to let all that junk stuff go in order for you to go deeper and deeper until you make contact with your true beingness. Instead of operating on the surface of your mind and surface of your consciousness with the chatter and the everyday stuff, you let all that go and you keep on letting it go and keep on letting it go and keep on letting it go. And, it go. and that gets into the many of the inner uh, tools of meditation that we teach. And uh, Raphael's talking about exploding the images that come up. And you create a rose to put the images in, the thoughts in, the emotions in that just surface from going deeper in your meditation layer by layer. And as you keep on putting it into those that image of a rose and then periodically exploding the whole thing, just seeing it em- explode and flash of light, release it. Oh, wow. Total clarity compared to where it was before. Much more quiet. Everything starts to come into, Sharper, clearer focus, if you will. You have more certainty. You feel better, for one thing, and happier. So these are the inner tools, and we'll get much more into that along in other other episodes for this season uh, as we're investigating more and more of the ways of going, turning your awareness inward.
1: Within, and you can do that even... When you're doing your housework, dishes, straightening up, dusting, vacuuming. And we don't advise meditating when you're driving, but you can practice being present
2: and grounded. Yes.
1: So there are some ways to get going. Well, we're just about at the end of our show today. We're so grateful that you chose to join us. We welcome you to tune in again next Wednesday for our next episode. Heavenly Guidance, Astrology and Mediumship with our special guest and friend, Lori St. Clair. We're excited that we'll be interviewing Lori, who is not only an extraordinary evolutionary astrologer, but also an exceptional spiritual medium, intuitive counselor, and healer. So if you've ever been interested in receiving Heavenly Guidance from both the stars above and the spirit within, Make sure to join us for this sure to be fascinating and illuminating episode. Also, remember to check out our upcoming teleclass, Your Intuitive Knowingness, Be Still and Know, for our You May Be More Psychic Than You Think series, this Saturday, August 22nd, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. For details and to sign up, go to our website events listing for August 2020. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530. 530- and speaking with our wonderful assistant Noel. Hope to see you in class over the phone. Until then be inspired, use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week.